Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of The Richest Man in Babylon by George S. Klassen. Today we are discussing episode number nine. And this is a very interesting episode. It's broken up into three parts. The first and the third part happen in the fairly modern age compared to the rest of the book, at least. Um, the first part is a letter written in 1934. The third part is the reply to the letter written two years later. And the second is the content of the letter. It's, it's a very interesting chapter. It, it trails upon what we have just discussed in the previous chapter about the importance of debt repayment. And we meet a similar uh, character of the story uh, and we learn a very important lesson, but we also see its application in modern or at least fairly modern times. The letter is about the clay tablets from Babylon, which indeed is the title of the chapter. Now, this letter is written by an archaeologist named Alfred Shrewsbury from the Department of Archaeology in Newark-on-Trent at Nottingham University. He writes this to Franklin Caldwell, who's at an expedition in then Mesopotamia, which is, I think, modern-day Iraq. He says, my dear professor, the five clay tablets from your recent excavation in the ruins of Babylon arrived. I have been fascinated, no end, and have spent many pleasant hours translating their inscriptions and should have answered your letter at once with the attached translations. When I initially received those tablets, I expected them to have distant adventures and speak of the romance and bravery of the Arabian Nights, that sort of thing. The things that we are more envisioned to when we think of Iraq, Babylon, Mesopotamia. When, I inst when instead it discloses the problem of a person named Dabasir to pay off his debts, one realizes that conditions upon this old world have not changed as much in 5,000 years as one might expect. Yet, here comes this old chap from the dust-covered ruins of Babylon to offer a way I have never heard to pay off my debts and at the same time acquire gold to jingle in my wallet. He says him and his wife, Mrs. Shrewsbury, are planning to try out his plan upon their own affairs and see how, they, how it can be improved. I wish you the best of luck and hope your undertaking and your opportunity is fruitful. In the next part of the second part of this chapter, we discuss the content of the five tablets. The first tablet is the Basir who has accepted his predicament that he has a significant amount of debt to pay, but has also accepted his determination that he will, after all, pay off this debt. He says, now when the phone, when the moon becomes full, I, Dabasir, who am but recently returned from slavery in Syria, the determination to pay my many just debts and become a man worthy means. And I engrave upon this tablet a permanent record of my affairs to guide and assist me in carrying through my high desires. Now we understand right from the first part 
that this clay tablet or this first of five clay tablets is a message to himself and also a ledger in which he would enter every single debt he has to repay and his determination to repay them. The plan was this, I am determined to follow an exact plan that Mathan, the gold lender has provided to me that will allow me to lead an honorable life and make me an honorable man from a slave, a man of self-respect and a man of means. Now, first, the plan provides for me to build future prosperity. For this, Mathan speaks wisely. He said, and I quote, that man who keepeth in his purse both gold and silver that he does not need is good to his family and to his country. A man who hath but a few pieces of copper in his purse is indifferent to his family and his country. But the man who has nothing in his purse is unkind to his family and disloyal to his country. His own heart is bitter. Therefore, the man who wishes to achieve must have coin that may keep to jingle in his purse that he have in his heart love for his family, loyalty to his country. The second is the plan shall provide a means to support his wife, his family that have returned to him since he has come back from Syria. Nathan said that to take care of his wife, his children, he has to put self-respect into a heart into the heart of a man, along with strength and determination. In order to pay off your debt, you need to have a reason to pay off this debt. For the Basir, his reason was to provide for his wife, to provide for his children, to provide for his family, not just in the here and now, but also in the future. He had a why. To find a how is fairly simple when you have a why. What the plan he decided in terms of qualitative, quantitative terms, he said, seven-tenths or 70% of all I earn shall be used to provide a home, clothes to wear, food to eat, and the rest, two-tenths, would be used to spend so that our lives are not lacking in pleasure. But since right now I have a debt to pay off, a significant amount of that debt, that money which I have left aside to enjoy will be used to pay my debt. And as always, as the lesson in the book has rung true till now, one-tenth of everything that I earn will be mine to keep, therefore I will not spend it. Seven-tenths for household expenses and day-to-day activities, two-tenths to pay off the debt. Once that's paid off, it will be used for enjoyment. One-tenth for, my, for myself to keep. That will be untouched both for daily expenses. It will not be used for daily expenses. It will not be used for debt repayments. It will not be used for lavish or in, uh, any sort of enjoyment or rewards that I want to give myself. He concludes the first tablet, or the lesson in the first tablet by saying, I must live upon this portion. Never use more nor buy what I may not pay for out of this portion. Tablet number two. Third, he says the plan doth provide that out of my earnings the debt I should that debt I shall be paid. Therefore, each time the moon is full, two tenths of all I have earned shall be divided honorably and fairly among those who have trusted me, 
and to whom I indebted. As we learned in the last tablet, he says that two-tenths, 20%, of everything I earn will be used to repay my debt. And in this particular tablet, he has written an entry of the person whom he has to pay, the trade or the craft that they are in, and how much he has to repay them. The entries are, for instance, Faru, the cloth weaver, two silver, six copper. Zankar, my friend, four silver, seven copper. Haransar, the jewel maker, six silver, two copper. So this is not just a inscription that he uses to remind himself or sort of a journal um, that he uses to remind himself, but also um, a, a, a ledger where he has written whom he has to repay, what he has to repay them. The rest of the tablet is disintegrated and cannot be read. Tablet number three, he writes down the total amount of silver and gold he has to repay, which amount to 119 pieces of silver, 141 pieces of copper. It would be good to know the value then so that we can sort of, maybe after inflation, uh, calculated now to, to know the enormity of the debt payment that he had. But we don't, we are, we are only left with two figures, 119 pieces of silver and 141 pieces of copper. Now, this, this was an enormous target, a mountain to climb. But as the saying goes, you eat an elephant one bite at a time, one step at a time. So, and Mathon did advise him that I can repay debts in small sum of the earnings do I realize the great extent of my folly in running away from the results of extravagance? It can be a significant amount of debt payment has to be repaid. A, B, it can only be repaid in small sums. C, it can only be repaid in small sums by also not taking on more debt than you already have. So it is a cycle which you have to repeat over and over again until you finish. What did Dabasir do? He revisited his creditors and explained to them that he has no resources currently, but he intends to pay them upon his future earnings. A lot of them were angry, as one would expect them, especially from someone who had taken in a lot of debt, ran away to Syria for reasons that they did not know, came back worse than he was, and now has told them that I will take some more time to pay you back. Some of them even wanted to take this to the, up to the king, but most of them willingly accepted his proposal. And that made him even more determined and convinced that it is easier, and this is really important, it is easier to pay one's just debts than to avoid them. Even though I cannot meet the needs and demands of a few of my creditors, I will deal impartially with all. Debt is something that you have to deal with. It's a race you have to run. It's a weight you have to lift. It's a goal you have to achieve. There is no way you can escape from it because when that happens, everything that you do is at the cost of debt and debt only multiplies over a period of time through interest, however it's calculated. So a lesson you can take from this is any sort of debt payment you have, always make a plan and go forth with it, but pay it off. Tablet number four reads, again, the good moon shines. I have worked hard with a free mind. My wife has supported me. Because of our wise determination, I have earned during the past moon, 
buying camels of sound wind and good legs, the sum of 19 pieces of silver. Now the plan was, one-tenth have I set aside to keep for my own, seven-tenths for my good wife to pay for our living, two-tenths to pay off the creditors. Now, some of the, this plan had resulted in a good and a bad. The good was, I paid back Amar, I paid back Birjek, I paid back Alakard, who was grouchy and said that I must pay faster, to which I, re I, I replied that if I, if I were permitted to be well-fed and not worried, that loan would enable me to work faster, but I'm doing all that I can, working with less food in my belly so that I can save more money and pay you. But the others thanked me. Therefore, at the end of one moon, my indebtedness had reduced to four pieces of silver. And, and for the first time, I received some amount of silver that was not tied to any pay debt payment. The bad was, I had worked hard, sometimes with poor success. Few camels I was never able to buy. Some fetched me a very few amount of silver, which I had to pay for the cost of the camels. Nevertheless, my determination did not leave me. My wife kept supporting me. Again and again and again, regardless of the nature of the transaction, poor or bad, whether it earned me money or not, I always had the principle of keeping aside one-tenth of all the pieces I owned. I was surprised when, even though my payment was really small, no lender became displeased with me when I paid them a certain amount of money because they knew that A, the determination was there, B, this was some amount of money that I was giving back in order to repay the large amount of debt. So the creditors were happy that they were at least seeing a reduction to the debt that they were owed. And in turn, the debt that I owed, Tabasir owed. He says, the plan worked out well because great is the plan for it leaded us out of debt and give us wealth, which is ours to keep. The result was three times the moon had been full since I last carved upon the clay. Each time I paid to myself one-tenth of all I own. Each time my good wife and I have lived upon seven-tenths. Each time I have paid to my creditors two-tenths. And with this, he had now 21 pieces of silver that are his and his alone. It is not tied to any debt repayment. And what it did, it did internally to the Basir and his family was, it make my head stand straight upon my shoulders and make me proud to walk upon friends. The plan is of untold value. The plan had made an honorable man out of an ex slave. Tablet number five. Twelve moons has passed since I have carved upon the tablet, but this day I will not neglect my record because upon this day I have paid the last of my debts. This tablet is not just a means of documentation, not just a ledger, but also a journal where he would write down his thoughts. And this particular thought was a thought that he was thinking about for a very long time, which is the day I will be debt free or net debt free rather. This is a day where he said he has paid off all the debts. He does not owe anything to anyone at this point. 
this is the day upon which my wife and my thankful self celebrate with great feasting that our determination hath been achieved. Many things occurred upon my final visit to my creditors that I shall wrong remember, long remember. Creditors begged for forgiveness and, and their unkind words that I was one of all others he most desired as friend. Old Arkad, one of the persons whom he was indebted to, said, Thou were once a soft piece of clay to be pressed by any hand that touched thee, but now thou art a piece of bronze capable of holding an edge. Do not be a person who can be molded by any person at any time. Be a, be a man of strong metal, in this case bronze, that cannot be molded, it cannot be turned out, that can hold an edge in every place that he shall be. My good wife looketh upon me with a light in her eyes that doth make me have, make a man have confidence in myself. Yet it is the plan that made me my success. It was not something that I did. It was the plan that I followed, discipline which I used, the 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 implementation of all its ideals that allowed me to get out of this debt and make self-respect a point where I would focus on and self-respect is, is what I did achieve. I do commend it all who wish to get ahead for truly if it will enable an ex-slave to pay his debts and have gold in his purse, will it not aid any man to find independence? I myself finished with it, for I am convinced that if I follow it further, it will make me rich among men. Those were the lessons that we learned from the Basir that he had written down himself in the five tablets. That Mr. Shrewsbury, an archaeologist at uh, in the 1930s, wrote down as an important lesson that he would follow. Now, this is the last part of a rather long episode, which is a letter that Mr. Shrewsbury writes two years later in reply, um, in reply to the archaeologist who found the tablets in Mesopotamia. He said that I'm going to try this age old wisdom of paying off the debt and saving money. Let's see how it worked out. This is written on November 7th, 1936. He says, my dear professor, you will possibly remember my writing a year ago that Mrs. Shrewsbury and myself intended to try the Barsis plan for getting out of debt and at the same time having gold to jingle. You were frightfully humiliated for years by a lot of old debts and worried sick for fear of the tradespeople might start a scandal that would force me out of college. We paid and paid every shilling we could squeeze out of income, but it was hardly enough to hold things even. Besides, we were forced to do all our buying where we could get further credit regardless of higher costs. It developed into one of those vicious circles that grow worse instead of better. We could not move to less costly homes because we owed the landlords. We could not buy essentials from less costly means because we owed the previous people. There did not appear to be anything we could do to improve our situation. 
Then here comes your acquaintance, an old camel trader who inscribed in tablets 5,000 years ago in Babylon. He jolly well stirred up a follow in his system. We made a list of all our debts and I took it around and showed it to everyone we owed, just like the bar said did. I explained to them how it simply was impossible for me to ever pay them the way things were going along. They could readily see themselves from the figures. Then I explained that the only way I saw to pay in full was to set aside, as the Basar said, 20% of my income each month to be divided pro rata, which would pay them in full a little over two years. Some of them were quite decent, some of them were angry. They said, if you pay for all you buy, then pay some on what you owe. That is better than what you have done. For you haven't paid anything in three years. So something is better than nothing. And at least you're making a plan and working according to it in a disciplined manner in order to repay the amount of money that you owed me. What Mr. Shrewsbury did was he secured all their names in a legal agreement so that A, he wasn't molested by them, hounded by them uh, for not paying the debt, B, there was a plan on when he had to pay, how much he had to pay, and the entire time he had to pay the entire amount. Then him and his wife began scheming on how we live upon 70%. We were determined to keep that extra 10% to jingle. The thought of silver and possibly gold was most alluring. Now, now this, most, of the, most people think of this as a challenge where I have a certain cap to amount of money I can live off of. But he saw this as a challenge, not just, sorry, not just as a challenge, but an, as an adventure. We enjoyed figuring it out this way to live comfortably upon the remaining 70%. And they began, as most people do, looking at their life and identifying how can we preserve quality, but reduce cost? And they looked at it in terms of say rent. Uh, we started with rent and managed to secure a fair reduction. Next, we put our favorite brands of tea because they're British after all, and such under suspicion. And we eagerly, and we agreeably were surprised of how we could purchase superior qualities at less cost. It is too long a story for the letter, but anyhow, it did not prove difficult. We managed and write cheerfully at that. What a relief it was to prove that our own affairs could be shaped. I must not neglect, however, to tell you that the extra 10% we were supposed to jingle well, we didn't jingle it for some time. We jingled it for a very, very, very long time. You see, that is the sporty part. It is a real fun to start accumulating money that you do not want to spend. And that happens when you decrease the level of stimulus you need in order to be satisfied. If you can be satisfied with less, that is great. Right? If you can be satisfied with um, more nutritious, might, might as well be bland food, that's great. If you can be satisfied with um, a, a simple book uh, for days on end rather than um, several movies back to back to back. That's great because A, you're spending less and possibly earning more or learning more. Um, 
if you can be satisfied with uh, walking to a place which is not very far off, right? And if it's comfortable for you, then taking an AC, Uber, or Ola, that's great. So when you can de- decrease your level of quality, but still be satisfied internally, that is a life hack. That is true with food. It's true with, it's true with mobility. It's true with entertainment. It's true with uh, anything. We took up an investment once we had saved the money which, with which we could pay that 10% each month. This is proving to be the most satisfying part of our regeneration. There is the most gratifying sense of security to know that our investment is growing steadily. By the time my teaching days are over, it should be a snug sum, large enough so the income will take care of us from then on. All this and more is out of the same check that I was earning for all these years. Difficult to believe, yet absolutely true. All our debts being gradually paid and at the same time, our investment increasing. Who would believe there could be such a difference in results between following a financial plan and just drifting along? The importance of a plan is is never is, is I mean it's it's understated. It's understated. No matter no matter where you apply a plan to, whether it's with fitness, whether it's with um, uh, eating right, whether it's with following finances, whether it's with anything, right? And this allowed them to build a determination that Dabasir had had passed down all these years later. And Mr. Shrewsbury said, we are determined never again to permit our living expenses to exceed 70% of our income. He said, Dabasir knew, he knew he had been through it all. He wanted others to benefit from his own bitter experiences. That is why he spent tedious hours carving his message upon the clay. He had a real message for fellow sufferers, a message so important that after 5,000 years, it has risen out of the ruins of Babylon, just as true and just as vital as the day it was buried. That was the lesson that the Basir had imparted indirectly all these years later through his five clay tablets, the importance of paying off your debt, the importance of living within your means, the importance of saving at least one-tenth of everything that you owe, the importance of paying off all the debt you have, the importance of becoming a man of self-respect and means. With that, we come to the the end of chapter number nine. I hope you have enjoyed listening till now. Again, if there's any way I can make this podcast better and improve, let me know. Thank you very much. I'm out.